Praise God. So, we started a new series last week. What was the series? Can I remember? No, it wasn't Pathways. No, no, no. Not Kairos. No. Not Run Your Best Lap. That was last year. No. Anything else? It's even on, it's even on the screen and people still get it wrong. I don't even know what to say to that. Anyway, so we started a new series. Three pathways was the last one. This kind of pathways kind of links straight into this one. That is true. Anyway, so we started a new three-part series last week on, on the will of God and finding out what the, live, what the will of God is for our lives. And last week we spoke specifically about knowing, what, knowing the will of God. What is the will of God? What, is that, what does that even mean? What's, what's the will of God? So what we talked about specifically last week was about, was about this incredible book that we're blessed with, the Bible, the Word of God, this infallible book that we have, and how, how God's will is revealed through his word. It could be called the revealed will of God. Okay? That if we want to know what the will of God is, and of course there can be very specific wills for our lives, but if we want to know what the general will of God is, you know, how, to, how to live right, what to do, what not to do, it's revealed in this. Amen? This is an incredible, infallible book written thousands of years ago, but just as relevant today as it was the day it was written. Written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. So, walking in the will of God, or living in the will of God, it starts with knowing what his revealed will is. We looked at Matthew 6, verse 10. Well-known scripture, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will starts with being done in, in us. And then we should pray that his will will be done across the world, but also that his will should be done in us, just like it is in heaven. You know that the word of God is his last, uh, last will and testament. We talked about the principle of a, you know, a will is you know, when, someone, when someone dies in a legal sense, if they've, if, they've left a, if they've left a will, then it's left with clear instructions as to what has to happen with their assets, isn't it? That's the whole purpose of a will. And, you know, and that's what like God's word is like. We call it the Old Testament and the New Testament, don't we? So the New Testament is like his last will and testament is written down, you know, what he desires to be done and how, and laid it out very, 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 very clearly. And we looked at the prescriptive will of God, you know, the things that God wants us to do, and we looked at the prohibitive will of God, the things God doesn't, doesn't want us to do. You know, and it's very, very clear in Scripture. And, you know, one of the keys to being a successful Christian is to do those things, isn't it? What does, what does God say to do? Do them. What does God say don't do? Don't do them. And I know that's a bit black and white, but that is a reality of what the Word of God, what the Word of God says. Amen. So that's what we looked at last week about knowing the will of God in His Word. So catch up on that if you haven't, if you weren't here last week. So this week we're going to look at walking in the will of God. What does it mean to walk in the will of God? What does, it actually look, what does it actually look like to walk in his, in his will? Amen? I'm going to look at two different aspects. So last week, as I said, we looked at the prescriptive will of God, things you sh- you know, we should do, the prohibitive revealed will of God, the things we shouldn't do, as the Bible says. But what we're going to look at today is something that doesn't actually get talked about loads, but I think it absolutely needs to be talked about, is look at two different aspects of God's will, which is his permissive will and his perfect will for your life. There's some things we do in this life, some choices that we make that are in God's permissive will and others are in his perfect will for our lives. His per- God's perfect will for allow. So his permissive will will be what he allows, but his, per- his perfect will is what he intends for us to do. Okay, and there are, there are, they, are, they are different. You know, because the reality is God has created us with, we talked about it a bit this last week, God has created us with free will. It's one of God's greatest gifts other than Jesus himself is, 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 is free will. 
know, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, you can still do whatever you want, can't you? I'm not saying it's a good idea, but, but we still can, can't we? Because God gives God us free will. He doesn't want robots. He doesn't want people who feel that they have to worship him. He wants people who choose to worship him. He doesn't want people who feel they're forced to tithe. He wants people who, who, who choose to do that. It comes out of relationship with God. You know I mean? Or whatever the context might be. He doesn't want people who feel they're forced to pray. You know, like some religions, you know, where they have to pray three times a day and they have to have a mat and then the mat has to face in a certain direction. All that kind of religious paraphernalia that kind of goes with it. That's not what Christianity is about, right? God wants people to pray because they want to pray out of relationship with him. Not because we're just trying to get God off our back or because we think he's angry with us or maybe we'll get into heaven if we pray enough times. Um, you know, or knock on enough doors if you're a Chauvin's witness or whatever the context might be. You know, we're saved because of what Jesus did on the cross and only because of that. And we just accepted the reality of it as believers, amen? So we can choose, this is a reality, we can choose to live in what is the permissible will of God, what our, our free will is, or we can desire better, even better than that, which is to live in the perfect will of God. So that's what we're going to explore this morning. Like I said, this stuff doesn't necessarily get talked about loads, but I think it really needs to be, uh, needs to be talked about, Right? What is what is permissible? What is God's perfect will for my life? So kind of a key verse here, and you'll know it's one of my favorite verses, is Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, should be that, there it is. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. We talked about that earlier, didn't we? Laying our lives down as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen? So God, God has a good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. You're not here by accident. You're knit together in your, in, in your, mother's, in your mother's womb. Uh, Psalm 139, uh, uh, King David wrote about that. You know, he's, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're knit together in our mother's womb. Even at that stage, I believe, even as a fetus, God, was giving, had, God had a plan and a purpose for our life. A perfect will. For, for our lives. You know, whether people choose to live, live that out is, is, again, is down to them because of, because of free will. Right? Even those who aren't saved, God has a perfect will for I, I genuinely believe this. Even those who aren't saved yet or may, may never get saved just because that's the way that the choices that they make. Remember, it's not God's will that any should perish, but it's the choices that people make. God still has a perfect will for them. Right? Everyone agree? Right? God has a perfect will and a perfect plan for their lives. And if only they, they, they knew what they were missing out on and what God could do uh, through their lives. Amen? You know, but God has given us, given us a choice. Give the Bible a second. I'm still revering the Bible. Don't I? So let's relegate the Bible to over there. Anyway. You know, so God has given us a choice, right? Even right back at the beginning of creation, you know, but back with, with Adam and Eve, they were given the ability to choose, weren't they? So even at that stage of God's original plan, plan for creation, his design for creation, even then God was not creating robots. He could have done. Okay, I don't mean it would have looked like metal robots. What I mean is he could have created people who had no choice but to have a relationship with him. But, that, but that's, not, that's not God's heart. That's not how God operates. He wants people to choose to choose him. Amen? To choose to worship him, to choose to live for him. So right back at the very beginning of creation, and we see that with the tree of life of, and the tree of good and evil, Adam and Eve were given the ability to be able to choose, right? 
And, and, and right back at that stage, they were given the opportunity to either walk in his will and his ways or not to walk in his will and his ways. Right? And they had a choice whether to live in the perfect will, whether to walk in the perfect will for their life. Okay? And this, this is the reality still for us, thousands of years later. We can, we can choose to live for God or we can, we can choose to reject him. You know, we can walk in his will and his ways or not, and we can choose whether to live in, a, in a, his perfect will for our life or to, to live in his kind of permissive, permissive will, what he, what he permits, but it's not his best, his best for us. Amen? God has a, has a tailor, tailor-made plan for our lives. Amen? So we can live within the boundary lines of what if that is permissive or pursue that which is perfect, God's perfect plan for our, our lives. Amen? God has a specific plan for your life if you want it. Amen? And do you know what about God's plans? They're always going to be better than your plans. Right? Let's be honest. Let's be honest and real. Right? Whatever our, wherever our plans, okay, great. You know, if you're, God's given you a lot of wisdom, awesome. And I know supernatural wisdom can be an impartation from God. Of course it can. Okay? But God's given you a lot of wisdom and you make good choices. Great. That's awesome. But your plans are still never going to be as good as God's plans. Right? Everyone agree? He has a perfect plan. He know, the Bible says he knows you better than you know yourself. You know, it's a very number of hairs on your head, which differs for a lot of us. <laughs> no, I'm not looking, at, not looking at anyone. I'm not looking at anyone. But that's how well God knows us. He knows everything about us. You know, we have to remember about God. He operates outside of time, time and space. You know, God can't just sit, just look back and you know, know when you were a baby and, and look through your childhood. He also could, can see ahead and see in 20, 30, 40 years what your life looked like. We, we can't. Right? We're, we're living by faith. That's what we're called to do. But, but God can. He, he knows everything about you. He knows how you think. He knows what makes you tick. He knows what makes you, makes you tempted. He, he knows what issues you face, what circumstances you face. He knows what makes you anxious, what makes you stressed, what you worry about. God, God knows everything, right? That's, it's, it's a reassuring thought and a terrifying thought at the same time. Isn't it? it genuinely is, isn't it? Because you can kind of look at that in two ways. God knows everything about me. My life's safe in his hands. You can also think, oh, man, it's every single thing I think God knows. <laughs> anyway, so that's the way you look at that, doesn't it? Anyway, God has a specific plan for our lives, and they're always better than our own plans. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, we quote it a lot, we know it well. For, the, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and to give you a future. That is God's desire for our lives. Man, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us hope and to give us a future in him. You know, and this is in the book of Jeremiah, and it was, it was as well as being a word for us, you know, reading the word of God, it was, it was also a specific word for Jeremiah. Kind of go right back to the beginning of Jeremiah's life. Jeremiah 1, verse 4 to 5. It says this, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you, this goes back to what we were saying just a minute ago about Psalm 139, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So God makes it, lays it out very, very clear here with Jeremiah that right in the beginning, God would call him as a prophet. Even before he'd even developed, as a, he was fully developed in the womb, then, then God knew him. God had a plan. God had a perfect plan for his life. And Jeremiah, of course, is one of the great Old Testament, Old Testament prophets and also, also writes a lot of stuff pointing towards Jesus along with Isaiah and the other great prophets. But he had a great plan for his life. And right, right at that stage, right, right at the beginning, perfect will for him to be a prophet to the nations, you know, and, and writing one of the books in, in the Bible, you know, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good legacy, right? He certainly lived in, in the perfect will of God. 
We have plans to prosper and not to harm him, plans to give us a hope in the future. So just like Jeremiah, you know, we're called. There's a perfect will for our lives and, and the plans to prosper us and, and not to harm us that God has for us. You know, and you can see this with so many examples in the Bible. We wouldn't have time to, because this could be like a whole series, just on these two specific things, the permissive and perfect will of God. But we haven't got time to look at all these. You know, but Abraham would be a great, a great example. You know, he, he leaves the town of Haran. I think it's Haran, isn't it? Haran. And he has, he has a choice. You always have a choice, right? Because again, there's free will. Even, even Old Testament times, there's still free will. He had a choice. God, God, God chose him. God had, given him God, God had given him promises. God had called him to go into, the, into the, what became known as the promised land because of the promise that was given to Abraham. But he had a choice, didn't he? He goes, there, do you know what, God? I'm actually all right. I'm actually okay here. <laughs> he could didn't he? Let's be real about it. Sometimes we kind of forget this, and we forget that we're, when we read the Bible, we forget that we're reading about real people sometimes. And they were just kind of doing, doing life. And other than Jesus himself, they didn't know it was all going to be written down thousands of years later. And they probably would have made a lot of different decisions if they had. Imagine in thousands of years if people were studying our lives. I'm serious. Imagine we were one of the 12 disciples, and, and every, everything that we did, every mistake that we did, everything good that we did, but everything crazy that we did was written down, and 2,000 years later, people would be studying it going, oh, look at Ian, that was, that was ridiculous. <laughs> what is wrong with him? Wrong with that man. But do you know what I mean? It, would make us, it probably would make us live differently, wouldn't it? And so people were just doing life, weren't they? So, so Abraham didn't know it was going to be written down, but he had a choice to leave, and he didn't really understand then the fulfillment of the promise that he was going to be the father of many nations. God changes his name, doesn't he, from Abraham to Abraham, and Abraham means father of many nations. Um, and of course, his grandson is 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 um, sorry, his son. His son is called Jacob. Um, is his grandson? Sorry, is Jacob, who God renames as Israel, doesn't it? Which obviously the nation of Israel comes comes from that. But obviously, didn't know that at the time. But he had a choice to make. No, we, when we looked at Kairos, kind of you know, back at the beginning, beginning of the year, uh, we looked at the story of Esther, didn't we? And, and you know, Mordecai, you know, her relative comes to her and says, you know, maybe you're born for such a time as this. You know, she, she could have refused to take her moment. She could, she could have said, no, I don't, don't like that idea. I don't, I, you know, that's a bit scary. Here's another example, but someone who actually didn't choose the will of God, the rich young ruler who came to see Jesus. You know, many scholars believe that, that God's perfect will, this is where the perfect will of God comes in, that God's perfect will for the rich young ruler had been to be one of the disciples, or at least another, at least another, maybe not one of the twelve, but at least another disciple. And he totally missed it, didn't he? Because he, he, Jesus says, you know, how have you lived your life? And he kind of says, well, I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this, you know, talking about the prohibitive will of God. But God had a perfect plan for him, and because he was rich, and because money, it wasn't necessarily wrong that he was rich, but the fact money had a hold of his heart. And Jesus said, well, sell everything you've got, give to the poor, and then come, come follow me. And he wasn't willing to pay the price. He totally missed out, right, on the perfect will of God. But he had a choice. Jesus didn't go after him. Jesus didn't chase after him. So, you know, beg him and say, oh, you know, please follow me. But this is your choice. This is your choice. You have free will, right? But he, so he never knew what God's perfect will for him looked like. Uh, the, the, the disciples, the, one, the, the 12, they were all chosen by Jesus, weren't they? weren't they? But again, they had a choice to make. You know, Peter, James, and John, this kind of simple fisherman, and Jesus says, come, follow me. And they did. They could have said, do you know what? I quite like fishing. Uh, <laughs> who, is this ra- who is this random guy? I've got no idea who's telling us to come follow him. I think, I think we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just keep going. Right? You know, James and John had a fishing business with their father Zebedee and Zebedee was fine with them going as well you know he could have said no no, you're not taking my sons an integral part of my business thanks I'm good right? 
but they made great choices. So as well as having, as well as we having his God's revealed will in the Bible, you know, he reveals his specific will to people in in in, in different different ways. And again, we have lots of examples we we can we can see of this where God reveals that. You know, and Moses would be one. Moses, God had a very specific uh, purpose for Moses, didn't he? To go to Pharaoh and 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 let my people go and set my people free. And if you know the whole story of Moses, there's a kind of a big battle. Moses kind of wasn't okay with being the guy that God had chosen, right? Was it? Wasn't at all. Um, and God has to use kind of Aaron as kind of a bit of a spoke. Moses' brother Aaron is a bit of a spokesperson because Moses is like, oh, I can't speak or I've got a lisp and all kind of a whole load of reasons why God couldn't use him. But he had a specific will and did get used by God. You know, Jonah was called to go to go to Nineveh. He, he chose to live out his own will, didn't he? God had a perfect will. It was all about saving Nineveh and and then being repentant. But but Jonah chose a different way, right? He does kind of get there in the end, but he certainly went off course, right? He says with disciples, they were prompted to go to different places by, by, by the Spirit, weren't they? You know, Apostle Paul, he was, he was called to go to Macedonia. Kind of very specific plans for his life and all the kind of the missionary trips that, that the Apostle Paul did across southern Europe, in, kind of as it was then. You know, Ananias was, was, was called to go to a certain house and to ask for Saul, which is Paul's name at the time. You know, they were very specific purposes and plans that God had for people's, people's lives. So let's kind of just break down the reality of these, of these things. You all still with me? Yeah. Great. Awesome. Well, time's going quick. We did have some extra things earlier. Anyway, but we'll get through it. So his permissive will and his perfect will. So God's permissive will, this is a reality, does not have his full blessing upon it. Now, a great example of that, one of the best examples in the Bible, is, is what happens with the Israelites and asking for a king. You can read about that, and we haven't got time to look at the scripture, but 1 Samuel chapter 8. Is it had always been God's, and this is about God's perfect will, it's permissive will. It had always been God's perfect will for Israel to see God as, as their king. He's the only king they need. They don't need a natural king. They don't need to be like the other nations. They don't need a natural king. That God wanted to be their king, or a theocracy, as you could call it as well. And not a democracy, a theocracy. It was led by, led by God himself. That's why no one needs to be voted in. It's, it's God himself is, is the government, right? That, that, was, that was God's intention, to be a theocracy. Uh, for Israel, but the Israelites being the Israelites, they, they often complained, didn't they, and compared themselves to other nations. They saw how the other nations had a king, like, well, they've got a king. Why, why can't we have a king? And they felt a bit jealous of other nations. They, they cried and complained to Samuel, the prophet, who went to God in prayer. And God, in, in the end, God relents and permits him to have a king. But that was in his kind of permissive will. God permitted it, but was it his perfect plan for, for Israel? Absolutely not. No. It actually caused them a whole load of issues, isn't it? A whole load of problems. Um, you know, Saul becomes king and causes all sorts of issues. And then you kind of read through one kings and, and, and two kings and one chronicles and two chronicles. And some of the stories are in both. Um, it's kind of like, it was, just, it was just all over the place. They'd have a good king and then a terrible king, wouldn't they? And then they'd have a good king and have a terrible king. And then a bad king would, like, would build all these altars and Asherah poles and, and, and legalized prostitution and all sorts of other stuff. And then a good king would come in, a godly king, and would like, rip down all the Asherah poles. And it was just, it was just, it's kind of this circle. It's went soul cycle. They went through over and over and over again. And to get a bad king again. And it was a, a bit of a disaster. Now, even in that, God had redemption planned in it because King David rose up and obviously David did make some mistakes as well but there was there was, there was a specific plan uh, for David and of course Jesus in the line of David and that's all, all the significance and uh, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem the city of David and all the kind of significance um, you know of that but God's permissive will does not have his full blessing upon it the permissive will will always have God's permissive will will always have consequences because God may give you what you want and what you're crying out for day and night 
and we weren't patient enough to wait for his timing. It happens with, with Abraham and Sarah, doesn't it? They end up having a, a child, which is, not, which is not Isaac. They have a child before that, and it was never God's plan, right? They, they tried to make God's plan work themselves. Again, God permitted it, but was it his perfect will? No, and end up redeeming it through, through Isaac. Okay, so permissive will is a great example of that. The perfect will of God is God's divine plan for your life. You know, what sort of career or ministry to pursue, for example? What kind of man or woman to marry? Let's be real about this stuff. You know, but the reality is if we want God's perfect will to be, to be lived out in our lives, then we need to be very patient and trust God because God wants to give us his best, which has his full blessings, not second best. Right? But as, by nature, as human beings, we're often very impatient. Maybe it's just me. Not anyone is impatient. Okay, just me, allegedly. Um, but human nature is that we can be very impatient, right? But God wants to give you his best. Don't, don't ever settle for second best. Amen? Because his perfect will is what has his full blessings all, all over it. Amen? Be careful who you marry. Just gonna, I'm just going to say it. God, God has a perfect plan. Now, when I say God has a perfect I'm going to say this because I think like, sometimes there can be confusion about this. I, I don't personally believe that God chooses a marriage partner for, someone, for every single person before the dawn of time. I don't believe that's reality. So I believe God has given us free will, free will in this. Okay? But certainly God, certainly God has a perfect plan about the, the type of person you should marry and who's going to be a blessing to your, who's going to be a blessing to your, to your life. Amen? And I've said, said to my kids, are obviously not, well, at least is at the age where she could get married. Jack's not yet. Okay? You know, don't ever settle for the second best. Don't, don't lower your standards. Yeah. I'm serious. Don't lower your standards. Marry the first person that comes along. Or the first person who's going to say yes or might be interested. That's not necessarily God's best. It's permitted again. It's permissive will, yes. But is it his best? Well, not necessarily, right? Don't, don't settle for second best. Don't, don't lower your standards. If this is what, you know, if you, you want to be married to a man of God or, or a woman of God, don't settle for second best. Amen? God has a perfect plan for your life. Does that make sense? Okay? So I'm, just going to, I'm just going to chuck that out there. Okay? No one's judging anybody, but let's just, let's just put it out there. Right. So the perfect will of God is God's divine plan for your life. Number three, his perfect will is, it will always be superior to his permissive will. Amen? So God's perfect will is what he requires, but his permissive will is what he allows. You know, a, per, a definition of perfect could be it's, it, it's complete and without fault. It satisfies all requirements. But permissive can be defined as being tolerant or allowing something to exist. Amen? But God's plan for humankind is to shadow him, embracing his perfect will. Amen. So let's just unpack these two things a bit more. I know time's going quick. Okay, the perfect will of God. We looked at Romans 12, verse 2. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So perfect carries the idea of being complete, of everything being as it should be. God's, God's perfect will means no plan of ours to improve upon the plan of God. That's not trying to improve what God wants to do. Understanding that he has a perfect plan. Remember, he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows how everything's going to pan out. He knows what he's doing. And nothing can be taken from the will of, perfect will of God to improve upon it. Perfect means to reach the goal that, that God originally intended for us. Permissive will of God, Hebrews 6 verse 3. Is not, I don't think it's on screen this one. But in the New King James it says, And this we will do if God permits. So the permissive will of God is what God allows. Yeah? It's God's allowance of circumstances to occur. Whether good or bad, then he allowed it to happen. If we make our own decision, he allows it as a permissive will. The outcome will prove why it was not his perfect will in the first place. 
That's a key thing to say. I'm going to say that again. Okay? If we make our own decisions, so God's permitting us to make our decisions, and he allows his permissive will, the outcome will prove why it was not his perfect will in the first place. Right? So here's three, three great examples where we see the perfect will versus the permissive will of God. So going right back to creation. God's perfect will was the innocence of men and women. To be fully innocent before him. Genesis 2 verse 25 says the man and his wife, Adam and Eve, the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So that was God's perfect will. Everyone agree? Amen? It was to be in perfect relationship with, with God. Amen? But God has given us free will. God's permissive will was the fall of man and the fall of woman. Genesis 3 verse 7 was just the next chapter. Then the eyes, because of course they sinned, don't they, in disobedience to God. The eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. You can see how things have changed straight away. There was a perfect will that God laid out very, very clearly. This is a perfect will, but you have free will. So they kind of went down the permissive will uh, will route and you know it caused all sorts of issues and of course Jesus had to fully redeem the, the consequences of that right so God's perfect will is the innocence of men and women number two God's perfect will is the, is the salvation of mankind talked a little bit about this last week 2 Peter 3 verse 9 the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises some understand slowness is that he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance 1 Timothy 2 3 to 4 said, said who wants God who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth so again that's, that's God's perfect will it, in God's you know, perfect uh, you know, perfect will and perfect plan will be for every single person in the human race to be saved right he paid a massive price Massive price for that. But God's permissive will will be the condemnation of mankind. God, God has allowed that to happen because we have free will. Romans 2 verse 5. But because of your stubbornness and unrepenting heart, unrepentant heart, you're storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. So he's permitted that, allowed that to happen. But, it, but it's a choice, right? Here's another example, final one. If, if, you're, if you're a couple right now, then God's perfect will for you is marriage. Now just to kind of... I think this is something, again, needs to be said something sometimes. There's nothing wrong in a, in a Christian sense as a Christian of being single. Okay? There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And sometimes, sometimes singleness itself can even be, it can even be a gift. Um, I've been reading some stuff uh, recently about, um, about singleness. Okay, not that I'm thinking about <laughs> But I'm thinking about, oh, if I know I'm single. Okay, not in that sense. But just as a pastor, how, we kind of, how churches should deal with the reality of, of singleness. Because it's also true in, in Christian circles, a lot of people get married very young. That's not a bad thing. You know, I met Wendy at 18. We were engaged, dating at 20, engaged at 21, and married at 22. Um, you know, so and that, that's very common in, in Christian circles. You can make your own judgments as to why people get married quick. <laughs> you can, well, I said you can make your own judgments. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> hopefully because they know it's God's will as well. But anyway, but there's nothing wrong with being single. The reality, and in this book, they talk about it. It just got me thinking about some stuff. You know, the reality is John the Baptist was single. Jesus was single, um, uh, Paul, Paul was single, and actually talks about a lot of the benefits of actually being single. Okay? So I'm not saying you have to be single either. What I am saying, there's nothing wrong with being single. Okay? So don't think you've missed the plan of God just because you're single, single right now, and if you want to stay single, that's great, and if you want to find a marriage partner, then God's good with that. God's good with that as well. Just don't lower your standards, what I'd say on that one. Believe his perfect will for, for your life. Amen? But if you are a couple, then God's, this would be a good example. God's perfect will for a couple is, is, is marriage. Genesis 2, 24, a man leaves his father and mother as he united to his wife, 
neighbor come one flesh. It's often quoted at marriage ceremonies. Matthew 19.6, this is also quoted at wedding ceremonies. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. But God's permissive will, again, I don't want to like be controversial or anything this morning, but I think it's just, just, let's just be real about stuff. But God's permissive will for couples is divorce. Right? Matthew 19, verse 8, Jesus says this himself. Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. And Jesus then quotes, he then quotes Genesis 2. But this is why you leave your father and mother, and the two will become one flesh. He, he quotes it. So, this is, this is, so what, what Jesus was illustrating there very clearly, this is what God's perfect will is. There would be no divorce. But with his permissive will, well, we have got free will, and, and we can choose. Right? Okay. So there's some great examples there of what God's, of God's perfect will and God's permissive will. Let's just come to an end, but let's, let's start bringing this to an end. Philippians 2, verse 12 to 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Amen. So God wants to fulfill his good purpose in your life. Amen. So let's be Christians who, who don't just settle for second best, the permissive will of God. God, not just what are you permitting me to do, in that gift of free will that you've given me, but what is your perfect will and plan for my life? You know, to live life for the full, God's perfect will should be our ultimate desire. Amen? Praise God. So just three things just to say on that as we come to the end. Just to encourage you. I don't want anyone to go away condemned and go, oh, no, <laughs> I'm not living in a perfect will of God. Okay? There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, verse, Romans 8 says... Firstly, it's never too late to live in the perfect will of God. It doesn't matter if you're newly saved or you've been a Christian a long, long time, much older in years. You know, Abraham, Abraham was kind of 70 plus before he finally discovered the perfect will of God. Stop trying to do things his own way. And he's kind of up and down journey of faith that he had. We just need to repent, put things right, change the way we think and live differently. Amen. Number two. Understand the reality that we've all got it wrong one time or another with one choice or another. There are times where God's permitted stuff and we, sometimes we have to learn the hard way, don't we? Now, the reality is that, that, that God does discipline us and I don't mean like God gives people cancer and things like that. I don't, don't mean it in that sense. But, but the reality is God does discipline us. That's what Hebrews, Hebrews says. You know, any, any good parent will discipline, discipline their child in whatever way that happens. And it said God disciplines you know, those he loves. That's his father's heart towards us. And sometimes when we, when we go down the kind of permissive will of God route, we have to learn some very, very difficult lessons, don't we? And it was never God's intention for us to go down, down that road, but it was our free will and our, our choices, right? But, but, but that's okay. We've all, got it, we've all got it wrong, but things can change, amen? And three, to live in the perfect will of God means trusting God. It's about choosing what he's, he's called us to do. Not choosing to go our own way and to do what we, what our own desires. But choosing what he has told us, told us to do. Amen? And ne- next week we're going to look at specifically finish off the series about choosing, choosing the will of God in our everyday lives. So, let's be people who, who choose to live in the perfect will of God. Amen? For that to be our ultimate desire. 
And you may think, well, I, I don't know what the perfect will of God is. I don't even know what the next step is. Maybe you've got some big choices to make um, in your life about, about jobs or future and, and stuff. You know, remember, God knows. You know, talk to people you trust about it. Talk to leaders about it. You can talk to myself and Wendy about it. Pray it, pray about it, pray it, pray it through. But God, but God wants to reveal that. And he may not reveal like the next 50 years. It would probably freak you out if he did. But, but he will reveal what the next steps are. So you can know really clearly what his will is. Amen. And now maybe you've gone a bit off track and you've gone down kind of the permissive will of God route. Like I said, you don't feel bad about that. Just put things right with God this morning and just get back on, just get back on track. Amen. All that he has for you because there's always been much more blessing in a perfect will of God. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. You're so, so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as we read earlier about uh, Jeremiah, Lord, you said, Lord, even as a, Lord, before we were even fully formed as a baby, you already had a plan for our lives. Lord, and all of us are called by you. Lord, all of us, Lord, you have a plan laid out for our lives. Lord God, and we want to be a people, Lord, that live within your perfect will. Lord, we don't want to do things out of our own stubbornness. We don't want to make bad choices. Lord, we don't want to... Um, make short-term decisions. Lord God, we, Lord, we want to live out what you desire for us. Lord, I pray we'll all be people, Lord, when, especially when we face big decisions in life and about who to marry, career goals, where we're going to live, all those, those kind of uh, decisions in life. Lord God, Lord, that we will seek you. Lord God, Lord, we want to live in your perfect will. Lord, we don't want to have to learn hard lessons. And we thank you, Lord, you're a father who loves us and you will teach us hard lessons if we need to do that. Lord, because, and it's because you love us that you do that. Lord, but we still would rather not have to learn the hard lessons. Lord, because we want to get things right. Lord, so I pray, Lord, for, Lord, that we would just know you, what your perfect will is and whatever choices we have to make, Lord, for young people, Lord, and all the big decisions they have to make, they will know your perfect will for their lives. Lord, and choose to live that out and to be patient in it all and to trust you. Lord, and for all of us, Lord, that, Lord, that we will truly walk by faith and, and not by sight. Oh, God. Lord, that your will will always be better than our will. Your plan will always be better than our plan. Thank you, Lord God. You're so, so, so good. We trust you. Lord, reveal your will to us. Let me know that in such a clear and a real way, oh Lord, on a daily basis. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're just so, so amazing. Use us for your purposes. Use us for your plans. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.